Welcome to At the Table with Darlene. Well, this morning as we get into the Word, I'm going to minister on Holy Spirit power and influence. And it was really interesting. I always get really excited in praise and worship when we begin to sing songs and worship and praise and and everything. And uh, we didn't talk about, I don't think the worship team even knew I was ministering today. We didn't talk about what I was going to minister or anything. Sometimes we do, we didn't. But in those times when we don't talk about it, I get really, really excited because I love the fact that the Holy Spirit knows exactly what is going on. And I I love that. It always is ministers to me. And so today we're going to talk about the will of God for you and I. And, and there is a perfect will that God has for us because in all things, he wants us to prosper. He wants us to prosper in our daily life that we're living. And so it's really important. And it's important that you and I use these vocal cords, that we use what we have to proclaim his goodness. And we're to proclaim it largely. We're to be bold and we're to be passionate. God is looking for passionate people that that they once were lost, but now they're found. They were hurting and they were confused. To, but to, for us to go and to tell the world that Jesus is, a, uh, is real and that he wants to do the same for them, that the evidence of your life also God wants to do for their life. And so as we walk this walk of life about his business, we are the light in the darkness. Now, I know it's evident around us. There's been a lot of darkness. There's a lot of darkness. A lot of people are really troubled right now. But the Word of God says, do not let your heart be troubled, because if you believe on me, then we don't have to, because he's going to be with us at all times. He is going to get us through the storm. One of the, my favorite verses, and all of you, is Psalm 23rd, where, you know, where the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. But one of those verses says, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. Have you ever been to dreams that seem dead? Have you ever been to the part where the doctors didn't know what to do with you? Have you been to that place? They, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. And God God is looking for a man and a woman that will fear no evil today, that will stand flat-footed and say, yes, I am not sticking my head in the sand. I understand how bad it is on the outside, but there's something so good on the inside of me that I'm going to let it come forth. I'm going to let it shine, and I will see the glory of God in this lifetime, in this day, though it's dark. You know, I found one thing. That if the enemy shuts you down, God's got a brand new opening for you. And so you might as well rejoice. You might as well get happy. You might as well go ahead and kick the end out of that grave and know that God's got something good for you that you would never have believed because you would have stayed right where you're at. That's what's exciting about the end of something. God's got a new beginning. And so many times we're so stuck in what things are. And this is not my notes. This is just, this is just where I'm going right now. We just get stuck there. And this is how we see things. Last year, if it taught us anything, things are not as they seem. 
or as we think, as we thought our vision was going to be perfect and we could see. I, I uh, would say to you, you probably see more perfectly now than you did when you started 2020. But there's a lot more for us to see because our focus should be more on the goodness of God, how he got us through 2020 in spite of all the situations that we went through. God is looking for you and I to keep our eyes upon him and understand that there's a mission for you, us to do because we are the light in the darkness of so many lives and God wants us to be spirit empowered disciples and we have to be willing to go beyond the knowledge that we think we have on being a disciple of Christ. God wants us to press into him. He wants us to come a little closer. He wants us to move into that place that we've never been before. I'm talking about Holy Spirit power. Anybody in the house are you ready? Are you interested into the presence of God? Do you want your influence to be better than it's ever been before? Not your personal influence about who you are and what you do, but don't you want the influence of the power of God to touch and change lives? And you're an instrument that says, Lord, I'm willing to do whatever you've asked me to do, whatever it is you want. Psalm 20, 36, 9. Let's read that. One of the things that I think that the enemy always comes after is our passion for life. When you lose your passion for life, you begin to weigh, look for ways to get out of it. I don't know if you've been there, but you look for outs. And God says, I want you to see in what I'm doing and what I want to do in your life. And when we get a passion for our daily life, whatever it is we do, we do it with all of our heart, with all of our soul, with all of our might, with everything that we have within it. We're going to do it for the glory of God, wherever your workplace is, whatever it is that you, wherever you walk on a daily basis. But Psalm 36, 9 says, for you, for with you is the foundation of life. In your light, we see light. We see light. May our eyes, our spiritual eyes be open so that we can see the light of God that is within us, that he has commissioned us to go into this world that right now has a lot of darkness. There's a lot of people that have no hope. There's a lot of people that haven't experienced the redemption that you have. There's a lot of people that are so stuck in, in, in things that they want to be out, but they don't know how to get out. Guess what? You're the ones that's supposed to go in and pull them out of darkness into the light. This is our mission. This is our commission for 2021. It may look bad on the outside, but on the inside is something so strong and shining so bright that you and I, when we focus on that, we can't possibly stay in the mess that this world around us is in. Things may not be going my way. But if I go his way, the light can shine. Matthew 5, 16 says, In the same way, let your light shine before men, that they may see your good deeds and praise your Father in heaven. When people look at you and they see the goodness of God, it causes them to begin to praise God for the goodness that's going on in your life because it's working on their behalf 
because you presented it to it to them. I believe that you and I can be used to be the answer to somebody's prayer. People are praying for answers. People are saying, God, send somebody to me. Just respond somehow, God. Do you hear my cry? Do you understand that I need you? Do you understand that my life is so empty? And God will send you. He'll send you. And he'll say, don't turn your head. Don't look away as if they aren't there. But let God use you to be the answer to somebody's prayer. How do we do that? We start off by being kind. We start off by allowing the fruit of the Spirit to operate in our life. Pastor and I, what's our desire? What's our vision for the church this year? May I tell you that the vision of our church, because last year we preached over and over again about the family unit. We talked about the priest of the household. We talked about how you cover the household so the enemy knows that when he comes in or he knocks on the door that you aren't having it. You're protecting your family. You're protecting them from what the enemy is trying to steal, kill, and destroy. That's what we've ministered to you. So our desire is that you have a relationship with Christ. A relationship that has matured so that you know how to hear from God. Do you want to know that you hear from God this year? Do you know that God is always speaking? We just aren't always listening. Boomer. <laughs> okay. God. Spirit of the Lord says to you that your joy in him will bring what you need. You can't change outward things. Don't try. Because what God's got in mind is much better than what you think. What we want for you is to learn how to hear from God. Psalm 119.05 says, Your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I believe that it is harvest time. I believe that it's time for the church of Jesus Christ to see some prayers answered. We have prayed many prayers for many years, and I'm telling you, they are. Harvest is sprouting up all over the place. Yeah, Rhonda brought something last weekend, and I'm sure this week at prayer service, I'm sure that when we wrote down those prayer requests, and we were speaking some of those things over solid rock, that had to be at least 20 years ago, probably plus, probably more around early 90s. And she just happened to find it. And she got so excited, and she brought it in. And she said, this has been answered. It was way before we ever started the building program. And we were just believing God for a building program. We were believing God for phase one. We were believing God for phase two. And she, it was like, well, that's crossed over. Thank you, God. You did that. One and two. And then it was that we could have a, a broadcast. It was called back then, a weekly broadcast. Who knew that we were going to have a podcast called At the Table with Darlene? I had no idea. I didn't ask for it. It wasn't something I dreamed up. But I'm telling you, and there was more on there, but I'm telling you, God is so faithful. We need to start looking for the goodness of God in our 
personal lives and begin to give him praise and glory and honor because today it's harvest time if we're willing to go and pick at the harvest. I believe that God and as pastors, we want you developed to a place that every morning when you get up, you are on a mission for the kingdom of God. Today, I may not know everything. I may not know what's going to happen about this or that, but I'm on a mission. God, I'm yours. Wherever you want me to go, whatever you want me to say, whoever I come in contact with, God, I want to be your vessel. I want to say and do what you want me to do. We have a knowledge and we know what the behavior of Christ is. We've all studied on the fruit of the Spirit. We know that. Do we know that we are on duty every day? Every day you get back up, you're on a mission. And it's not supposed to be your mission. Doesn't mean that God doesn't care about what concerns you, because he does. He highly cares about you. And there are some things we have to do to take care of business, and we're supposed to do that. But there's a higher call. There's something that's so much greater, and that's what will cause passion when you feel like you have been stumped on. You feel like you have been just drained by life situations when you look a little bit farther and you'll begin to see that God has something so important for you, it will put the passion back in your purpose. It will mean more to you than even your natural job because you're not going to that natural job just for you. You're going because God has something so good for you to do. You're on business for the king every day that you get up. How do we get there? How do we get where our lives will motivate others? It's when we have encounters with God. It's when we begin to spend time with God. It's when we begin to read the word. Not just read it, but we hide it in our heart. And then we begin to speak it out of our mouth. We begin to say what the word of God says about the day. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice and I will be glad. I know, I know, I know. Shut up, head. Shut up. I know, I know what's going on. I know that, that, that I don't feel good in my body. I know that, that, that the bank account is overdrawn. I know. We may know a whole lot of facts. But I tell you what, there's something that's higher. This is the day that the Lord has made. I will rejoice. I will be glad in it because I know, God, that you have a mission for me to fulfill today. And I'm wanting, I'm going to fulfill it. I may not have all of my assignment, but here I go. And I will begin to pray and declare the word of God. I thank you, Lord. I just praise you, God, that Tammy Lindsay is not dead. I thank you, Father. We declared over her day after day and week after week that she shall live not die that she shall declare the wonderful works of the Lord. See, when you and I know who we are in Christ and we know who he is because we spend time with him, we can begin to clear, declare what he says. What does he say about your family? What does he say about your children? What are you declaring over them? What are you declaring over your business? What are you declaring over your boss? What are you declaring over that place that you work? What are we declaring out of our mouth and who do we, do we know who we are? We are on business for the king every day that we get out. Because there's something about you. You are different. Do you know you're different? You're different. We're all different. But there's something past how we look on the outside. You may not understand me. You may not get past the outward of, but if you'll just give me a chance and you will just try to see the spirit of God in me. And if I will speak out what the word of God says pretty soon, you're going to know who I am. 
Because it doesn't take very long being around somebody to see where they're at in their spirit man. Where that spirit man has either been uh, so bombarded by the mind. See, the mind is the filter. The mind is what will put the word of God and get it down into your spirit. Or the mind is where all the heaviness and all the anger and all the thing it filters through. And we're either feeding one spirit the natural man, or we're feeding the Spirit of God every day. And God says, don't do that anymore. Don't uh, don't feed yourself every day with this natural nastiness that's all around us. Well, let's begin to feed uh, the Spirit of God about what God says about our nation. Because He has said, He who gives to the poor, He who gives generously shall be blessed. He that blesses Israel shall be blessed. He that declares the Word of God shall shall be blessed. Let's quit cursing our nation and our leaders. Let's begin to speak what God says about it. Just because it is what it is today doesn't mean it's going to be that tomorrow. God just looking for some people that believes that he can fix what we can't fix. I'm going to be worn out before I get through page two. There needs to be something about you. That makes other people, they just want to be around you. They love to be in your presence. They love it when you walk into a room. They love it. And we all need to work on that one because sometimes we're so full of ourselves and information of what we're doing next. We all get caught up in that. But people need to want what we have. And it's Pastor and I's hope that you pray more than you did a year ago. We pray that 2020 brought you to your knees. We pray that 2020 made you realize that you're not your own all the time. The rules and regulations that you want don't always work all the time. It's been good for us in a sense if we'll take some lessons. If we'll push into to the, the things of God. Because you know what? There's a lot of stubborn wills that are so good. But when they're contrary to the word of God, they're not good. So I always say a stubborn child, you get it going and get it bent in the right direction. They're going to do mighty things for God. A stubborn child left alone to, to, to think that he can do whatever he wants to. He's going to break your heart. Same as we get adults. But our desire is that you'll have more and more relationship. Fresh encounters is what we want you to have. Frequent times in the word of God. We're not saying you have to do it here and do it there, but you ha- I found out it was a real revelation to me, and I'll never forget. We was in that little church back there, and I was walking down the steps one time, and somebody made a remark, and I was about 36 years old, 35, 36 years old. That was just yesterday. <sighs> wow. But I'll never f- forget it because it was all wisdom of a 36-year-old woman. Somebody said something, and I looked at them, and I said, I am realizing one thing. My flesh is stupid, and I don't use the word stupid very often. But I realize that if I let my flesh do what it wants to do, it will constantly be causing me trouble. Constantly. I'll be spewing things out of my mouth that I can't put back. I'll be acting in ways that are not honoring to my father. It was a real revelation, and I pray God gives you a revelation today that you can't just let yourself do whatever yourself wants to do because it's trouble for you. 
But when we bring our body as a living sacrifice, draw some lines. I had to draw some lines for myself and put the box around me, not around my husband, not around anybody else. There are some things that I had to decide I didn't need. I didn't need it because I didn't need it to be filtered in and filtered out. Only you can decide those things. But we have to learn that the only way we can grow and the only way that we can quit signing the packages, see the devil comes at your door and he's constantly knocking. And so many times we go to the door and we sign on the dotted line, not realizing the poison that he just handed us. And it takes a child of God to know the difference that when he comes and he knocks on the door, we say, no, thank you. God's got another plan. God's got something bigger for me than this situation. Therefore, I'm not signing for it because it's not a document of the word of God. Therefore, it does not belong in my house. That's what we want for you. Because then we will be the salt and the light that God wants us to be in a world that is waiting, just waiting on someone to lead them, someone to invite them to church, someone to care, someone that understands the pain of where they're at right now, because all around you, there's pain. All around you, there's suffering. And we have to understand and know that in this day, isn't it funny, even in, it was really interesting to me, all through 2020, there were still people that were so tired. And I think a lot of it was psychological tired. But we heard the same cliches that we heard in 2019 of why we can't do more for God because we're so busy. Isn't that interesting? I'm so busy. Do you know that I'm so busy is a tag of the world? And I understand you're busy. I understand that. Aren't you glad you're not bored? That's what I always say. I'm just glad I'm not bored. I'm never bored. I don't even know what bored looks like because that's another, that's another taunt of the enemy. There are some things we don't need to entertain. You don't need to entertain being busy all the time that you can't read the word. You can't pray. You can't go and encourage somebody. Don't be that busy. That, that's something the world do. They see how much they can work. They work 20 hours a day and never come home and have a meal with their family. They never take time to tell their family how much they love them, how much they care. That little, that little girl needs to know that her father loves her dearly. That young man needs to know that mama cares. We all need to stop and take time so I'm too busy is an excuse and we need to get rid of it and I'm bored you wouldn't be bored if you get in your closet and start praying for somebody you wouldn't be bored if you get into the word of God when I get in the word of God and there's times I will tell you I miss some days getting into the word like I should I will meditate on what's in my heart the word of God that's there and there's times I don't get into it like I should but I'm telling you what I can't when I get in it I can't stop myself I don't like to stop I like to dig I like to find out what's next but I'm telling you if we will get into the word of God we will be the salt and the light that he is calling us to be. Hebrews 10, 24, 25. I am hurrying. Let us be concerned for one another, to help one another, to show love and do good. Let us not give up the habit of meeting together as some are doing. Instead, let us encourage one another all the more. Since you see that the day of the Lord is coming near, 
I don't know when Jesus is coming, but we'll just occupy till he comes. We look for him at all times. But if he doesn't come for another 20 years or 30 years or 50 years, we're going to teach our kids to, to represent Jesus. Tell others because there's a world that's dying. They're dying out there without Jesus. Do you really want that Jesus to come and leave them unsaved and burn in hell? I don't think so. But what are we doing about it today? We have today. What are we doing to tell our family members that Jesus loves them in spite of all the things that are trying to, to hold them back and trip them up and keep them from the presence of God? Don't buy into anything that will stop your maturity and keep you in a whirlwind of stuff in your life. Don't buy into it. Let's take time to be the warriors that God wants us to be. And I believe that when we live in the word of God, when we pray, we will then become more rejuvenated in our spirit man. And if your spirit man is rejuvenated, do you know what? Your flesh will respond to it. Isn't it something? We could all agree that heaviness and depression can make us sick. Anybody believe that? Have you seen it? I'm telling you, I about died over it. It literally about killed me. I lived in it day after day after day after day because I saw no hope. It'll kill you. Okay, on this side, do you believe that if you get in the word of God and you rejoice and you keep, keep the news off, if it depresses you, there's some people can't watch the news because it depresses them. If it depresses you and it makes you worse, then Stop. If your own words are depressing you, then stop. <laughs> Start saying what the word of God says about you. So, okay, so we believe that if we say negative, right, it's the, the depressed, we're going to get sick, right? Do you believe that if you pray and you seek the presence of God and you praise him and you worship him, this is the day that you've made. God, I don't know what you got today. I'm not moved by what I feel today. I'm not moved by the pain in my body. I'm not moved by the fact that I only slept two hours last night. I'm not moved by that fact because you are God. You are my God. You are the Holy One. Do you believe that that will rejuvenate you? I'm telling you what. It will get us down the road. And someone's going to want what you got. Oh, my goodness. Honey, how? How do we get you? To move from this side over to this side of your thinking. It all filters through here. We need to put a fresh filter in today. It's what the Word of God's for, to put a new filter in. You know, He's not going to remove your mind. He's going to renew your mind. If you're willing to have your mind renewed. If you like the way things are, then just keep on Say mouth, just keep it up. You're getting what you're saying. This is not blab it and grab it. This is truth. Because there's sacrifice. There's sacrifice that when your body's in pain, 
When you're declaring, I shall live and not die, I will declare the wonderful works of the Lord. Yes, I left the doctor, and I'm so confused. I don't even know what he said. He told me the same thing that he did last time, and I'm more confused than I was the time before. But I thank you, Father, that I'm healed by the stripes of Jesus. I thank you, Father, that you've got a mission for me that nobody can take away. I thank you, Father, that I shall live. I shall testify of your goodness, oh God. I thank you for that. I thank you, my Father, that when I don't see the fulfillment of the things that I know you spoke into our lives. I thank you, God, that they are coming to pass. I will not sit around and say, well, I guess that's not going to happen. It's been 10 years and everything looks the same. No, 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 no. My hope is in the Lord Jesus Christ and he is changing me from the inside out. Therefore, those things that he has said are going to come to pass. Do you believe it in this house today? Hmm. We start our victorious journey. Well, let's back up just one more time. Because God's wanting us to get under the influence. We're going to have to push the stop button in our minds and go for a fresh encounter with God. It's personal. Don't wait for your husband. Don't wait for your wife. Don't wait for anyone else. It's personal. It's personal. Don't try to get them to get where you're at. We need to stop it. That's manipulation. It's control. We like to... Well, if they would, I would. Uh -uh. God's not asking you for them. God's asking you for you. God, I need you. You told me that if I would seek after you, I'd find you. <laughs> the more I seek you, the more I find you. Don't wait for Sunday morning for us to give it to you. We're just going to instruct you and help guide you along. But you got to get it for yourself. You can't make a visitation of the Holy Spirit for you, me. You can pray for me. But I have to seek him for myself. Get back under the influence. Matthew twenty-two thirty-six through 39. The disciples come to Jesus and this is what they said. Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and greatest commandment. So we love the Lord with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind. God, that's what I want to do. I'm going to seek you because I want to love you. Seek you first, the kingdom of God. This is what I want in my life. And then he goes on. And Jesus said, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. And then that's where people fall off because they don't like themselves. They fall off because they can't forgive themselves from their past. They can't forgive themselves for their failures. Well, we can spend. Here's another place we can camp out. And we can speak it out of our mouth. We can, we can go to God and say, God, I know that I don't deserve your grace today. Ha have you asked him to forgive you? Have you asked him that your sins be washed away? Have you done that? If you've done that, then yes, you have a right. You approach the throne room because of his grace and because of his mercy and because of the blood that covers you. And therefore, you see that what is within you is valuable, it's precious. And when you say, I can't love anybody else because I don't love myself, would you understand and you're saying to God, what you did for me through Jesus Christ is just not enough. You wouldn't let that out of your mouth, would you? But that's how we act. What he did was more than enough. Therefore, we got to learn to love ourselves. Now, when we have self-righteousness, you know when you got a bad attitude. 
in a bad spirit. Get rid of it. Repent of it. Reprogram your mouth to say the right things, to get in agreement with the word of God. But the second is love your neighbor as yourself. And that's where we start our victorious journey. 2021, we got a lot of work to do. Every one of us are on a mission. When you leave this church today, throw your shoulders back and say, God, put in my path whomever you want. And Holy Spirit, nudge me so I won't miss it. If you miss it, ask God to forgive you and then go on. Just keep on moving. Don't camp out where you missed it. But mean it when you say, God, give me another chance. He's going to make sure that you get a lot of chances. And what, but don't keep saying no, because he might have to ask somebody else to do what he wanted you to do, and you miss out on it. It's this life of living intimately that the Spirit calls to us, and this is what empowers us. This is what makes you strong. This is how the neighbors know that something's different about you. Jesus said, remember in the word of God where he says, go ye, go into all the world, wherever your world is, and make disciples. In other words, live the life that someone wants to pick the fruit off of your tree. How do they pick the fruit off your tree? They see you operate in kindness when the person that you were dealing with, they didn't deserve it at all. But you operated in kindness. Somebody's watching in your neighborhood. When I say neighborhood, that could be your office. Wherever you're at, that could be the grocery store, the restaurant you go to in the afternoons. I hope the Solid Rock people are not demanding. I hope you're kind wherever you go. But when they see the goodness of God and how you treat others, they want to pick off that tree and say, I want to be like that. They were rude to them. And they weren't rude back. And you're like, oh, I'm not going to let people run over me. Oh, get over it yourself. It's time we quit defending ourselves on little silly things. We're not doormats. I understand that. We're not going to be doormats because when you're full of the power of God, the devil is going to quit trying to use you for a doormat. But when your words come out more than his words come out, you're ultimately going to become somebody's doormat. Because there's a loophole there that the enemy can get into. See, Jesus talks so simple to his disciples and to us in his word. It's so simple that we can't get it. It's just exactly what he said. I mean, he meant what he said. It's not that hard, but we complicate it in this brain of ours. John 1.14 after Jesus has told the disciples to go and disciple others, and he said, teach men, teach others to love and obey the commandments that I give you. That was what he said. And then John 1, 14, the word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory and the glory of the one and only who came from the Father full of grace and full of truth. Everything about him is grace and true. He came to us as a child. He came to us as flesh. God said, I want 
Somebody needs to go. One of us needs to go down there. We need to go teach them what it's like to live every day. They need to see how much we care for them. I, and Jesus said, I will go, I will go and live among flesh so that they can be taught that I understand how hard it gets sometimes, that they understand that love can still be presented to those around. And so Jesus spent his time teaching the disciples. The word became flesh. It moved into the neighborhood. When you and I allow our flesh to take on the word, it will move into our neighborhood. People are going to know that there's something that they need that is inside of us. It's a place where it, what's a neighborhood? It's a place where people are at. Any place they're at. Neighborhoods are accessible because that's where you live. That's where you go. That's what you do on a daily basis. That's your neighborhood. That's what it is. Do you know that neighbors are journalists? Now, I know we all have a lot of opinions about journalists this day, and we're not going to go in there. But you know, neighbors can give fake news too. But they're journalists. They can only hear part of what was said across the street or part of what was said in your office, and they decide to write an article about it. But they are. There are truth finders. There are journalists that want to find the truth out there because they're looking for something. They're hurting. They're looking for something that's real. And they are journalists that are going, looking for somebody to tell them the good news. Let me show you a story about a journalist. And there's all kinds of them. You read the Word of God. They're everywhere. But there's a story in John chapter 9, and it was about the blind man that was born from birth. Any of you ever read that story? Of course you all have. And the disciples, you know, the disciples, they always want to know the why, what, where. They ask all the questions. If we'd been a disciple, we might have been worse. I don't know. But they ask questions that we all have. And they say, okay, whose fault is it that this man was born blind. And Jesus said, it's no one person's fault. Do you know, we think if we know who's the fault, then we can blame them and be mad at them. At least it gives us somebody to be mad at. Gives us somebody to talk about. Well, that's human nature. It's always been that way. But it was a great time for the work of Jesus Christ to be revealed. Because it's time that we quit trying to figure out the why, the when. We just need to give the answer like Jesus did. And as the story goes on, we know that Jesus did an unorthodox thing by spitting and putting a mud ball into a blind man's eye and had him wash the mud off in the pool of Shiloh. Do you know that that word means scent of the pool of Shiloh? The Greek word means scent. The pool of sin. He was there sent so he could go out and tell the message, I once was blind, but now I see. 
you have been washed in something that is even greater than the pool of Siloam. That is in the blood of Jesus. You've been washed and your eyes have been spiritually opened so that you can go tell the blind, I once was blind like you, but now, praise God, I can see. The man was healed. And quite the buzz went through the neighborhood. Now oh, the journalists were out. They went and questioned his parents. And his parents, they were so afraid of being put out of the temple by the Jews that they said they did acknowledge that, yeah, that's our son. He was blind and now he can see that. I can tell you I'm, I'm not going to commit to anything. Church, it's time we commit to, to the word of God. It's time we say what the word of God is. They were so afraid of the religious people because see the religious people are always stirring up something that they can't back. But a true child of God, they will not allow the religious to keep stirring. They will say what the word of God says about a situation. He's of age. Go ask him. We don't want to get in trouble. Jesus was not religious. He went about doing good, and he doesn't want us to be religious. He wants us to go about doing good. I don't understand how the blood works. I just know that it works. I know that it cleansed me from my sins. I know that I am the righteousness of God in Christ. I know that when he washed me, that I am as spotless as a lamb. I know that. And I also know that when I fall short and when I sin, I can ask for his forgiveness. And he said that he would forgive me. That part I know. And that that's the news I'm going to tell. Praise and worship. Come on up. John 9, 30, 33. The man answered. Now, this is remarkable. I can tell you it's remarkable. I can tell you I don't know exactly how it happened. But I know that the doctor, Dr. Lindsay, told me over and over again that, darling, we can't operate on you. If we go in there, we could touch the, uh, the, the coronary, is that the main artery? Corona, huh? Carotid. Anyway, whatever the main, whatever the main artery is, I have a blank right now. He said, if we touch that, you would bleed out. Whether we open you up, no matter what we do, we would absolutely, you would bleed out before we could help you. I can't do anything to help you. Eight long years which seemed like a lifetime. But the word of God did not change. Didn't matter how I fe felt. Didn't matter how many tears I had cried. Didn't matter how many times I could hardly have enough bread to, uh, breath to make it to the car or wherever. Didn't make any difference. My message was still that that I shall live and not die and declare the wonderful works of the Lord. My message was clear when somebody asked me, all is well, because that's what I felt in my spirit. I felt that all is well, just like the Shudamite woman. I knew that God had a purpose for my life. So therefore, it didn't matter that the dream seemingly had died in, in, before me. God still told me that all is well. And I declared that. And then there came a day after eight years when he said, Darlene, 
I, I said, you know what? I've got to have something done. I can't. I'll take my chances. One in a hundred. I'll take my chances because I something needs to be done. He said, okay. He said, we've advanced a long way from where we were when we started this journey. But he hardly, hardly had gotten in. Tried to get my heart to act up. And it acted up every day. He'd seen it over and over again. Test after test. So many tests through the years. So many tests through the years. And he came out and told my husband. He said, all I can tell you is your wife got a miracle. I'm telling you, when we know who we are in Christ and we understand that the Holy Spirit is wanting to do something in our life that we can't explain, that we can't even put into words, and we understand that the world is not after more religion because they see it uh, all around them. They're looking for love, joy, and peace in their life. Patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That's what they're wanting to pick off the tree of your life in. They've lived and seen all the opposite attributes. They've seen the hate, the sorrow, the turmoil. They've seen impatience. They've seen meanness. They've seen corruptness. They have seen all of the different unfaithfulness and harshness and out of control people. You can see it all around you. It's everywhere. But they're looking for something else. They're more interested in the fact that you once was blind, but now you see. Once you were bankrupt, but with God's help, you're doing really good right now. You're paying your bills and you're helping others. You were a people with no hope, but now hope has been so restored. Once you had a terrible temper, but now you are free, you're gentle. Once you was on drugs, now you've been free. Maybe 21 months, maybe seven years, maybe 10, maybe 12, maybe seven days. Once, and I'm going to use Tiff. Once you had four miscarriages, her and Lou. But God revealed his goodness to you, Tiff. Now you're raising a child that you adopted and loving it, loving him. And you can rejoice that we've got four babies in heaven. That's something to rejoice. Can undo what's done. Every neighbor needs to hear the good news of Jesus Christ. Be a friend. Let them know that Jesus moved into their neighborhood. Let them know that you're the salt. You're the light where they're living. They're watching. They're waiting for you. And they don't know what it is until the day that it's revealed to them. All of a sudden, when they hear the good news, they'll know what you've got that they're missing. Several years ago, Tiff told a story about a lady who worked next door to her came into her office. Do you remember that story? She came in and she had lost a, she had miscarried. She was weeping and she was crying. I know Tiff, you're amazed that I remember this. But she was crying. See, see what you've been through is a testimony. You got to understand that. It's not all about you. God's healed you. You've moved on. But somebody else is where you have been. 
That's what a testimony is. That's what the Word of God, we read about Abraham, Isaac, Moses, Jacob. We read about uh, Naomi and Ruth. We read, we read about all the, the Esther and all the amazing stories in the Word of God, the Shudamite woman. They're examples for us. But she came in and she asked Tiffany if she knew a counselor. And Tiffany gave her a name of one. And the girl proceeded to tell her that she had just miscarried and she was so upset. She was having a hard time going on. And Tiff began to tell her her truth, her faith. See, you've got a truth because it's about Jesus, about her faith and about losing four babies. And she named one of them Hope. (laughs) And you know what Hope is? It looks past where you're at right now and the pain you're feeling today. I once was blind, but now I see. Jesus felt your infirmity. He knows your pain. He knows your sorrow. And see, as we grow and we get mature, you have opportunities to tell your story about the goodness of God. Yeah, you can cry with them and weep where they're at because we're supposed to do that. I don't, I haven't lost my husband to death. I know what it's like to be left with three children, no job, all the dreams that I thought and the way life was going to go, it was not there any longer. It was gone. My city's sweethearts had messed up before everybody's eyes all the shame. I can relate to somebody that's been left on the alongside the road. I don't know what it's like to lose a husband to death. I've not been there. But I can embrace you, cry with you, pray for you, and I can still offer you hope that God always has something for us. He never leaves us without comfort. He never leaves us without a plan. So when we go to the world, there's a neighborhood watch going on, waiting to see if there's any sons and any daughters that are in the neighborhood. Hmm. They're watching you. Salt and light. That's you and me. Matthew 5, 13 through 16. Let me tell you why you are here. You want to know why you're on this earth? Have you been questioning that? Well, here's why you're here. Jesus said, let me tell you why you're here. You're here to be the salt seasoning that brings out the God flavors of this earth. If you lose your saltiness, how will people taste godliness? Boy, now that's... If you lose the passion about what Christ did for you, then others, they're not going to see the Christ that will bring deliverance to them. You've lost your usefulness and you are going to end up in the garbage. Wow. I don't want to end up in the garbage. I don't know about you. I want... I, I, I want to show up in the neighborhood delivering, putting salt out, don't you? Here's another way to put it. You're here to, 
You're here to be light, bringing out the God colors in the world. God is not a secret to be kept. We're going public with this. Church, are we going to go public this year? Oh, this is our year, church. Solid Rock, this is our year. Are you going to go public with what God's done in your life? Are you willing to go into your neighborhood and just live the life, the God life, the Christ life, everywhere you go? Treat people with the fruit of the Spirit. You're going public with this, as public as a city on a hill. If I make you light bearers, you don't think I'm going to hide you under a basket, do you? I'm putting you on a light stand. Do you know that you're a light stand in that neighborhood where you're at? God puts you there. You're supposed to be shining, and you are. They're saying, he's a Christian, but he doesn't act like one. She's a Christian, but she's not acting like one. Because I've seen her pray. I've seen her say this or that. But they are not acting like one. You are on a light stand, and you're supposed to be showing light. And I put you there on a hilltop, on a light stand. Shine. Keep open house. Now, here's a strong word. Keep keep open house. Oh, my. Don't we like to go shut ourselves in? Keep open house. Be generous with your lives. By opening up to others, you'll prompt people to open up to God. Do you know that your generosity is going to cause other people to open up to God? Because see, some of them think that God doesn't love them and God doesn't care. But if you will let them know that God loves them, you love them. God loves them through you. You'll prompt people to open up to God, this generous Father in heaven, God wants to perfect those things in us. The entire destiny of the world rests in the hands of God's people. We have a mission. Isn't that something? We can all be upset with what we fear. We can fear what the government might try to do to us. Or we can have hope and faith in what the God will do for us. Now, which one are we going to choose? As your pastors, we're saying to you, fear not. Fear not. Now, fear will come, but faith will drive out fear. When it starts coming, don't start speaking it out of your mouth. Stop yourself. The most famous sermon that Jesus ever preached was the Sermon on the Mount. And he was talking to his disciples. And he was saying, this is how we should. This is how we should be. The Beatitudes in the previous verses talks about how we think and how we should respond to those around us because see the whole world they know what ugliness is can we show them some beauty stand to your feet Jesus is the living water let's go to 2 Corinthians 4 1 through 4 see it's up to you and I to make people around us thirsty they ought to be glad when you walk in It ought to put a smile on some faces when you walk in. They're glad you showed up. They're glad that you came by because you just brightened their day. That's who you should be. That's who you, that's who we're supposed to be. It's not any different for Pastor and I than it is for you. We should be representations of the hope of glory. The Message Bible says this, 2 Corinthians 4. Since God has so generously let us in on what he's doing, we're not about to throw up our hands and walk off the job. 
stop right there. Because he's been so good to us, we're just not going to walk off the job. We're not going to quit telling the good news. Just because we run into occasional hard times, okay, these, these light momentarily, do we believe the word of God? You're going to have afflictions. Eight years was nothing of my life. The time that my kids and I walked through such a dark time, that was nothing. The times that you struggled in your life, the Word of God, put them in there and say, light, momentarily affliction is nothing in comparison to what God has in store for us, not just in heaven. I know you all want to go to heaven, but God isn't finished with you yet, so don't take the train out, okay? God's got more for us to do. There's people that don't know Jesus and only you can get to them. So don't be selfish here. We refuse to wear masks and play games. I'm not talking about literal. Hush. Hush. I'm preaching today. Here the masks we're representing pretend we're something we're not. We're not going to pretend to be something we are not. What God has done in us is real. My God is real and I can feel Him in my soul. Yes, I can. My God is real. I can feel Him in my soul. My God is real for He has washed and made me whole. His love for me is like you go. My God is real, for I can feel Him in my soul. My God is real. He's real in my soul. Come on, do ops. My God is real, for He has washed and made me whole. do things.
things besides what you know and what your sheets say. Yeah. It's good for you. Okay, we're going to go a little bit farther. That's so good for you. I forgot, huh? It wasn't so good for you, but we got it. Oh, it was perfect. It was perfect for me. I almost called Mr. Jones up to play, but okay. All right. We don't maneuver and manipulate. Could you play that? Would you like to? All right, we'll get you next time. And manipulate behind the scenes. And we don't twist God's word to suit ourselves. Rather, we keep everything we do and say out in the open the whole truth on this play. This is what God does. My God is real because I know if I, I get in the prayer closet with him, I pray in the shower. I pray on my way to work. I pray in tongues all the time. Max is saying, what did you say, Bella? I said, I'm praying in the Holy Ghost. That's what I'm doing because he is real in my soul. He has got me through every situation. Okay, I know I got to shut up here. If our message is obscure to anyone, it's not because we're holding back in any way. No, it's because these other people are looking and going the wrong way and refuse to give it serious attention. All they have eyes on is the fashionable God of darkness. They think he can give them what they want and that they won't have to bother believing a truth they can't see. They're stone blind to the day spring brightness of the message that shines with Christ who gives us the best picture of God we'll ever get. So we have to understand what light is so we can get it out there. Just be the light of the world because God has something for all of us and we need to proclaim him daily in our walk. When John 14, 26 and 27, when the father sends a comforter, Instead of me, Jesus was saying, and by the comforter, I mean the Holy Spirit. He'll teach you much as well as remind you of everything I myself have told you. I'm leaving you with this gift, peace of mind. Church, don't let your mind be so confused in this day. Jesus said, I'm willing it to you. I'm bequeathing it to you. I'm giving it to you. I'm giving you my peace. Don't allow the enemy to take the peace of mind. And the peace I give isn't fragile like the peace the world gives. So don't be troubled or be afraid. Today, I believe that probably all of us in the house could say, Holy Spirit, transform me into your image. I need, Holy Spirit, I need a sense to become more like you. Change me today that I can better express your glory. All of us can say, I want to spend more time in your presence. I want to spend more time thinking about you and on your word. Are there any in the house today that would say, I want to be salt and light in my neighborhood. I want to take it more serious than I've ever taken it before. Because see, your influence is recognized by what you do. And what you do can change and bring the glory of God into your neighborhood. Today, there may be some in here that are lost that said, I don't know Jesus Christ as my Savior, but I want to know Him as my personal Savior today. There may be some of you that's listened to this message today, and you may say, I want Jesus to come into my heart. I want Him to change. I want Him to change my life. I yield myself to Him. And then there may be those here today 
that say, I'm going to recommit myself today. I'm going to recommit myself to being that light in my neighborhood. I'm going to commit myself that everywhere I go, I'm not going to talk about what's wrong. I'm going to talk about what's right in the body of Christ. I'm going to talk about what's right with Him, what's right with our God. And I believe that the Lord, by His presence, can change you today. Would you just put your hand on your heart today if you're ready to make that commitment and say, God, say, my Father, today I make a choice that I want to be salt and light in the neighborhood. I want to proclaim you everywhere I go. And I pray, oh God, that as the, the Holy Spirit nudges me, that I will walk in boldness to share you everywhere I go. Thank you for joining us today at At The Table with Darlene. We'd love to hear from you. Email us at DarleneSolidRock at gmail.com. Let us know any topics you would like to hear from At The Table. You can also check us out at DarleneRoads.org. Also at WAWMinistries.org. Thanks again for joining us at At The Table with Darlene.